Come on, let's pray for a moment, and then we're going to go to the Word. Lord, I thank you for all the good things that you're doing, and I pray you would help us and encourage us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to give to God. Uh, you can see the slide on the screen. Uh, you can give on your phone. You can give on the way out, and of course, you give online. And I always say it, but I really do encourage you. It's so easy to let moments pass you by, isn't it? Uh, but when it comes down to it, uh, your treasure always goes where, you, where your heart is, uh, and you always put your treasure what you value. And I want to say to you this, that we are mindful that everything that we have, God's given it to us. Our health, I mean, our, the air in our lungs, the finance, the job, the ability to work. And the great news about God is he says, keep the 90, just give the 10. <laughs> you know, he's pretty clear on that. He's pretty easy. He's just like, I want you to be a blessing. I want you to be blessed, but I want you to be like me. I want you to give. I want you to be a blessing. So I encourage you every week we're given because the world's always taken. We're always given to other things. And I'm just like, let's give our best to the Lord because the Lord is worth it. And so of course you can do it online on the way out or you can do it at home later on. Well, today I want to talk. We're going to continue about heart. But before we do that, I want us to go to Latvia. So uh, guys, will you give me the slide on Latvia? I want to show you our building. We went a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this is our building. Uh, you'll get a better image of it online. Sometimes it doesn't always display good on our screen. But this is the building here. And just to give you some context, we're getting into it today. It's 7,000 square feet, which means it's another third bigger than this building. So imagine this building is pretty big, but this one's even larger. It's longer, probably not quite as wide, but it's longer uh, and has more rooms and it's fantastic. Let me give you the, the drones. Uh, give me the next one, guys. Uh, the next slide. There we go. Uh, there we go. So you've got downstairs and upstairs. And I said it earlier on, for some of us, this makes a whole lot of sense. For others, it's just like the baby scan. You haven't a clue what's going on. Uh, but just to give you a tiny bit of an idea, all the numbers, uh, I said it earlier, we shouldn't do 666, but thankfully there's another six on there. It makes it four sixes. Uh, but the six represents how many people can stay in that room. So all the numbers are bedrooms. Uh, you see in the bottom floor, we have all this room for beds, over 50 beds on the bottom floor, over 50 beds on the top floor. We'll have rooms for classrooms for leaders. The church building is fantastic. At this moment, Gina, who's Daniel's dad, they meet in what we've called the prayer room, uh, which is a lovely space, lovely room. But we're dreaming and believing that this will not be big enough. And so that will become the prayer room and this will become the church. And again, just for some context, it's about twice the size of this room. So imagine this room and then another chunk on the back, double the size. That's how big it is. So 150, 200 people can come to it easily. We're working on it this moment. Uh, this is just a bit of an overview of the plants, kitchen, everything else, but we will have more info this week, and we'll hopefully have a little video that you can watch, but Gina, Daniel's father, he's going to begin work this week. He's going to do one of the rooms, or at least two of the rooms, so we can see what they're going to look like, and it's going to give us a great idea, and so I want to encourage you to pray. We already have a few different churches and ministries that have given to it. We're dreaming that it'll take about 25,000 pounds, which is, I mean, that is a lot of money, but on the other side, it's not a lot of money for what we'll get, uh, and Part of the project, and this is what I love, is that we go to the rehab center every single time that we go. Even the other week when we went, we managed to uh, squeeze in the rehab center. Uh, we did about uh, maybe two, three hours there. I was feeling awful, but the Spirit of God was moving. I was like, okay, Lord, just keep it, keep it going. But we got to pray with absolutely everybody. Met with two ladies that were in the rehab center. Met, met with about 15 men that were in the rehab center. Uh, we had encounter after encounter, just praying with people, encouraging people, giving them prophetic words, seeing people coming back to faith. It was just a wonderful, wonderful time. But out of that, then we said, well, hey, what if we asked two of the men in the rehab center that are trades guys, would they come and work with Daniel's dad, with Gaina? And so it'll be a blessing to us, blessing to them. We 
we'll give them some pocket money along the way to help them. But it will be such a blessing for us, for them, for us all to work together. So that's exactly what we're going to do. So this coming weekend is going to begin some of the work. Let us see what it's going to be like. And then January, they'll begin full hog. We're believing for the finance. We're believing for the team. We're believing for everything to fit into place. But you can see, guys, this is going to be an extraordinary building for the kingdom of God. And it's not just for us. It may say vibe in the front, but it's for Jesus. It's for the kingdom of God. It's for the people of Latvia and anybody else that wants to use it uh, and use it for the kingdom of God. So are you blessed today seeing all that the Lord is doing? Can we give the Lord some praise just as we honor him? Because the Lord is always blowing our minds with all the good things. And so pray for it. We'll get you more images and pictures this week. I will maybe even get you a video so you can see more about it. But it is exciting to see what the Lord is doing in Latvia. I've been to Africa many times, what he's doing here. What We're dreaming of going to the Philippines next year. If you want to come with us, we're going back to Latvia multiple times if you're keen to come there. But the Lord is moving all over the earth. Amen. And the men and women of God, we are going to rejoice and be glad because the Lord is doing good things. Amen. Okay, we are going to go to our message today. It's all about the heart. Uh, and don't let this slide scare you. Give me the slide, guys. It's going to say heart attack. Uh, and I'm not hoping that anybody gets a heart attack today. But what I'm saying is this is that in life, your heart is going to get attacked. Maybe this week. Maybe today. Maybe you got a text this morning. Maybe you got a phone call yesterday. And, and it comes sometimes without warning, and it comes without expectation. But when it comes, it gets you to the core. And you go, oh, wow. I thought I was so over that. I thought I was done there. I thought I had all the protection in place. But I quickly realized that attack got all the way through. And I think when you look around our world and you look around life, there's attack everywhere and threat everywhere. And, you know, just uh, we're going to get there, we're going to get there, here, or what's going to happen? Or, and we'll have enough for this. And, you know, we'll have enough for Christmas. And if I spend it, we'll have it to get it back. And how long will it take me? And there's all these different worries. There's all these different things that want to hit our hearts. And as we read last time, the problem with our hearts is Proverbs, from Proverbs is that out of our heart flows the issues of life. So if it gets into our hearts, it gets into our life. And so what do we do when heart attacks come, when threats come, when problems come? How do we defend? How do we move on? And so today I believe that the Lord wants to give us some wisdom on this, wants to give us some clarity on this. Here's what it says in John 14, 1. It says, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. I mean, I'm so glad the verse doesn't end there because automatically I'd be going, God, do you understand what I go through? Like, have you seen what's happening right now? Do you understand my problems, my relationship problems, my, my financial issues, all the things that's going on? And you're saying, don't let my heart be troubled. But then he continues to say, you believe in God, believe also in me. And he's trying to get our attention today, like he was 2,000 years ago, to say, hey, faith changes everything. Faith changes everything. Your heart is going to get in trouble. In fact, your life is going to get in trouble. But it doesn't always necessarily have to get to your heart. You can walk through troubles. You can walk through issues. But does it always have to get to your heart? And church, just to underline it, when we say heart, you know we're talking about our heads. You know, that's where the damage gets done. That's where the, where the heartache takes place. That's where we don't want to eat sometimes. That's where we lose the will to live sometimes. That's where the issues evolve and resolve and, and can get bigger or smaller. But today the Lord says this, do not let your heart be troubled. Even when you're going through trials, even when it's a health thing or financial thing or friends thing or family thing. See, the danger in all of it, because our hearts are connected, is that when a trouble comes, we take it personal. Wow, the bank's out to get me. You know, that friend's out to get me. Life is out to get me. And, and some of it may be true, but let's be fair. Most of us are pretty selfish. 
Whenever we're out to get someone, we're really out for ourselves. <laughs> Come on, let's be real. Whenever somebody else is out to get you, especially if it's an organization, they don't even know you. So it can't be personal. But isn't it interesting that when an attack comes, a threat comes, very often it goes straight to our hearts. And in that moment, we have the decision to make. How will I respond? Now, here's what I've learned. Uh, and maybe it's just me. I hope you are different. But if you are different, if you are the same, then, well, we'll we're going to go after some hope. I have found that when the attack comes, and if I do take it personal, it gets into my heart, and it begins to define how I talk, how I go my day-to-day, -day, how I respond to things. I begin to get more suspicious. I begin to dwell and hurt more. I begin to lose my happiness, and all Christians are like, don't need happiness, just need joy. But you know what I mean, joy. You know, I begin to struggle, and it just feels like my whole culture begins to change. And then when some good news comes, I'm totally caught off guard because I've got so used to the bad and I've lived there for so long, I'm just so comfortable in it. And then, you know what happens after that? I, my, my reactions become normal. And the people around me, just they just put up with me because that's just the way she is. That's just the way he is. That's just the way she goes. That's just the way he goes. And everything just starts to work against us because out of your heart flow the issues of life. When it gets in your heart, it gets in your life. If it gets in your heart, it becomes your culture, it becomes your walk, it becomes your talk, it becomes every way that you go. And then people start to make alliances for you, which is not always useful. We want to bear with one another, but it's not always useful. When we were in the Philippines a number of years ago, maybe I shouldn't share the story because we're hoping to go back to the Philippines. But anyway, we survived in the end. But Philippines, uh, a number of years ago, around 2012, 2013, we went to the Philippines, took a great big team with us. And one day we were going to church. So this is great. We called it Super Sunday because we had 34 people in the Philippines, including Jessica. And so we got to go to four churches on the one Sunday. So we called it Super Sunday. We were thinking about the football back home. And so as we went to our four churches, we all went off different places, different places, different places, different places. But one of our team came under threat. And as they were walking to the church, there was a festival that was going on at the time. There was an argument or a family feud that was going on. And just at the moment, as our team are walking to church, someone fires a gun right through them. You're like, whoa, God, I thought you're supposed to protect. I thought God, you, no, no, no. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. He doesn't say that you won't go through troubles. He just says, you don't need to let your heart be troubled. And so as they walk into church, just this unbelievable, miraculous thing took place. They were walking tightly together as a small group, four or five guys together. And just a minute or so before, I mean a second or two before, not even a minute, they decided to part. And a group went forward and a group dragged behind. And in between, phew, bullets fire right through the middle. You're going, wow. What do you do in that moment? I mean, at that moment, the guys are ducking. It's like a movie, literally a movie. They're ducking behind the cars. They're wondering what's going on. Thankfully, it all worked out in the end. But you know what began to happen in our trip? The discussion was like this. Maybe we shouldn't be here. Maybe we need to go home. Maybe we need to quit. Maybe, maybe the Lord's not in this. It got straight to our hearts. Do you know what we did instead? We got into prayer, and then we did one really amazing, I'd say it's anointed thing. We bought ourselves donuts, and we decided to eat some donuts. And we said, you know what? Let's eat some donuts. Let's pray. Let's rejoice. Let's encourage ourselves. You know, sometimes the best medicine is to go have a sleep. Sometimes the best medicine is to go have a good walk around the lake and relax and enjoy and get away from everything. And as we got away from it, and just even though we're in the Philippines in the middle of nowhere, didn't know where we were praying and worshiping, God began to strengthen our hearts. And we had one of the most incredible mission trips ever, so much so that we went back the next two years because it impacted us so much. Church, I want to say to you that heart attack and heart issues and heart threats are going to happen every day of your life. In fact, multiple times throughout your life. But the difference is this. What will you do with them? 
Jesus was trying to teach his disciples that even though the attacks come, it doesn't have to get to your heart. Because if it gets to your heart, it gets to your mouth. And if it gets to your mouth, it changes your life. You know this. Some of the things that we say, some of the things that we do, we cannot take them back. But the grace of God is good. And so praise the Lord, he will help and encourage. You see, when it gets to our heart, it affects us. Lost loved ones, fear of our family, what if, what if, what if. You know that moment of something's happened, something's went wrong. What if it's never the same? That's the place you can get to in like a heartache or a heart attack. You know, I don't know, hopefully no one in here has been fortunate enough to have their, their, their houses burgled. No one ever wants something like that. But could you imagine the feeling afterwards? It's not so much the, the event that happened, it's the afterwards. It's like, could it happen again? Right, we're going to have to fortify. We're going to have to spend loads of money. Uh, it's not safe. We, actually, we should move. You know, that's a simple demonstration. It's a simple story. But how many times has that happened in our lives? They looked at me funny at work. I can't work there anymore. You know, the, the person forgot to contact me. The, this thing didn't happen. You know, I took big offense. I can never go there again. I'm leaving. I'm gone. I'm done. And I sell up everything. I move away. And the only person that really gets affected is you. And so the Lord is saying today from John 14, do not let your heart be troubled. Does he know you're going to face troubles? Absolutely. But what he's saying is don't let the trouble become bigger than your faith. Don't let the trouble become bigger than your Savior. Don't let the trouble become bigger than your God. Because if you know our God and you know me when Jesus was talking to his disciples, then you will make it through. And even though you're going to go through the trials and even though you're going to go through the difficult seasons, it's going to be okay. In fact, if you read the rest of John 14, you know what you're going to read next is? Don't let your heart be troubled. Because if you believe in me and believe in God, then all's going to be fine. It goes on to say, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. From not long from now. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. Guys, I've been telling you I'm going to the cross. I know it's hard to get your head around. I know this is difficult. In their minds, they must have been thinking, can he, can he raise from the dead? Is it possible for him to defeat, defeat sin? Is he a madman? We love him so much, but we've never seen anybody else defeat death. Could he really do it? But what's Jesus say? Don't be troubled. I'm going away. I'm going to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I wouldn't go. If it wasn't true, I wouldn't tell you. If I couldn't do it, I would say it. But I'm telling you this, church, do not let your heart be troubled. I am with you. What a wonderful Savior that we serve. You see, Jesus is incredible. Our key verse last time, Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. You see, every day we're under attack. Every day there's war going on. Every day there's difficult seasons. Every day there's problems. But, but as we navigate them, what can come out is something extraordinary. What can come out is something extraordinary. You see, when we became believers in Jesus, everything changed. The rules of the game changed. The game might be the same, but the rules changed for us. We became different players. We became different people. Because the same problems that used to get us to the core are now in the kingdom of God the problems that will actually make us more like Christ. Wow. Can you believe it? The same problems that were designed to take us out, the Lord has become so good in the midst of it, and he has transformed you in the midst of it, the same problem will be the problem that makes you better. Wow. The same problem that you thought was out to kill, steal, and destroy you is now the problem that the Lord has used for your promotion. He's used it for your promotion. So you are prepared and ready for the next season. Prepared and ready. See, all of us have a heart issue, so we got to fill it with God because the thing about a heart is it will scream over and over and over again for more, more, more. And if you don't put God's stuff in, you know what you'll do? You'll put other things in. 
envy, malice, pride, bitterness, and it will begin to take root. It'll begin to come in your actions. It will begin to come in your conversations. And now instead of being a victim, wow, now you're a person that's actually destroying other people's lives because of the way you're talking, the way you're acting. See, all of us are searching for these three key things, faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. You remember this? Faith, hope, and love. 1 Corinthians 13, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. All of us are looking for this. All of us are looking for love. Every single one of us, doesn't matter who you are, believer in God or not, you're looking for it. Everybody's looking for faith. I mean, so many people put their faith in science. I'm so glad we put our faith in a person. Come on, if, you are, if your faith is anywhere else, start rethinking. That allow the Lord to speak to you because faith in a person is so much better than, than science and hope. And whenever we don't have those things, we begin to get into dysfunction. Here's what I've noticed. Whenever we find ourselves not seeking the things of God, we will seek, seek the things of self. We will seek the things of self, and we'll begin to fill ourselves with everything that's out there. Well, I'll fill with this. I'll fill with that. I'll fill with And what it does is it produces a cocktail that's just no good. And what's going to come out is the version of that cocktail, is the version of what we see, because what goes in comes out. And the Lord says, what I want to do is establish those my people with faith, hope, and love. We're going to read Isaiah 53, 3. Because here's the good news in the message. Jesus faced trials of every kind. Jesus went through troubles of every kind. In fact, he states it. And he says, in spite of all of that, it didn't make me better. It made me better. In spite of all of that, it didn't make me worse. It made me greater. And the Lord says, you can do the same things too. Let's read Isaiah 53, 3. It says, he was despised. This is a prophetic word all the way from the prophet Elijah, all the way to 2,000 years later, and of course, even later for us, because we pick it up 2,000 years after that. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. This is Jesus, the one who came to lay his life down for us, the man who knew no sin perfect in all of his ways. And what does the word say? That he was going to be a man of suffering and familiar with pain? Wow. Goes on to say, like one of them whom people hide their faces, he was despised. Have you ever, you don't need to show your hand, but ever had that experience of you're walking along and someone just looks down when, when they come to you? You're just going, whoa, wow, well, what did I do? Well, like, how bad must I be? I mean, you can start to feel like that. Jesus says that he was despised, that men turned their faces down towards him. Man, women, they, they just they couldn't get him. They didn't want to get him. They despised him. This is our lovely Jesus who was only ever here to help. And we held him in low esteem. Jesus had every reason to be like everybody else, but he didn't let it get to his heart. In fact, he, by the word of God, he already preempted it. He said, I know the world's fallen. I know the world is full of sin. In fact, when I experience it and receive it, it'll be, maybe that it's not no big deal because let's be real, we all feel things, we're all sensitive. But what I'll realize is this, a greater truth, that I didn't come for the well. I didn't come to become a king on a throne. I didn't come to be the man that everybody loved and adored. I came to become the suffering servant. I came to become the man on a cross that would die in your place. And let's be real. If, if they are sinners, then they're going to act sinfully. If they are men and women that need a Savior, then they're probably going to act in accordance with that. And even when I come, what would make them turn around? Because Jesus was wise. He said, I know they're going to continue to reject me because they won't get it until they get it. In fact, none of us can get it until he drops that drop of faith in. 
And then suddenly by faith, we begin to receive revelation. We begin to understand. You see, the Lord went to the cross, not for some, but for all. He went to the cross in spite of us, for us, because he loved us. This is our amazing Jesus. And I believe today, church, the Lord wants to just really get to the heart. I, I, trouble shouldn't get to your heart, but definitely Jesus should. Troubles don't need to get to your heart, but definitely Jesus should. Because when Jesus gets there, guess what? You know what's going to come out of you? Something different than everybody else. Something different. John 13, 34 says this. John 13, 34. Jesus gives his disciples one chapter before what we read earlier. A new commandment I give you, that you would love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Really, I mean, I know many of us know this verse. Many of us maybe even have this verse on our walls. Many of us appreciate this verse. But can we just drill in for a second? Notice what Jesus says. The, the, the word is very, very key. It says that you would love one another as I have loved you. As I have loved you. I don't want you to love people the way the world loves them because you know the way the world loves them. You ever do that thing of like, you know, I'm really here to help you, but I'm actually here to help myself. You know, I, I, I really, really need you. Uh, you. We know what that means. You're going to take from me and then I'm going to need something. But Jesus says, I didn't come because I needed you. I came because you needed me. I came because you needed me and I was perfectly delighted to come. It was love that set us free. And so as Jesus comes, he understands the hearts of man. He understands the hearts of us. And even today as Christians, he understands we're going to do stupid things. I do stupid things all of the time. Maybe you do too. But we do silly things. But the Lord says, I'm not like you. And so I don't want you to love like yourself. I don't want you to love like the people you see around you. I want you to love like me. I want you to love like me. And it says that you would also love one another. He says, I want you to love differently. I want you to live differently. Now, all of this is wonderful until I give you the context of the verse. John 13, the context is this. At the start of the chapter, Jesus is sitting with his disciples. It's not that long before crucifixion. And he knows that there's one sitting at the table that's going to betray him. He's sitting with his buddies. He's sitting with his friends. They're breaking bread together. It's an intimate setting. It's emotional, I'm sure. Uh, there's full of tension in the air. It's full of love, of course. But he's sitting with one of his buddies, and he's, he knows who it is, and he's going to betray him. And then shortly after, he goes, I want you to love each other as I have loved you. Wow. Jesus is our only example that we need. Whenever he got into trouble, you know what came out? Love. Whenever he was caught, whenever people tried to come against him, what came out? Love. Whenever people would try to betray him, what came out? Love. And if that wasn't bad enough, let me give you the sandwich at the bottom end of that verse. You know what comes out after that? Peter says, Lord, I'll never, I'll never, I'll never. And the Lord says, Peter, I know you're going to do it. You're going to deny me three times. Betrayed and denied in the midst Love like me, guys. Love like me. Church, you see, we have a choice to make. Do not let your heart be troubled. The first reaction is, Lord, do you not know what I go through? The second reaction is, I can be like Jesus because Jesus lives in me. If I've given my life to him, then I can live differently. If we are going to be like everybody else, well, then there's no need to be different. But if we are the men and women of God that are called to live against the flow, that are called to live in a different world, that are called to be in this world but not of it, that are called to lay down our lives, then be ready for the persecution. Be ready for the bad looks. Be ready for the nasty texts. Be ready for the hard phone calls. Be ready for the being ignored and despised and rejected. But you know what? What comes out is the most important thing. 
Here's what it says, Matthew 5. I'm going to read it in the message. You could read it in whatever translation you have, but I love the text that it uses here. Jesus speaks, Matthew 5, 43. says, you're familiar with the old written law. Love your friends. But I say, hit. Oh, and then the unwritten commandment, which is hit your enemies. But I'm challenging you, and I'm telling you to love your enemies. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Watch what he goes on to say. Let them bring out the best in you. Wow. I mean, it's at this point, if you've got a heart going on, you're going, oh, gosh, Lord, I need your help. Let them bring the best out in you. Whenever they do a mean thing, whenever they've set up against you, whenever you know they've conspired against you, let them bring the best out in you. That is a challenge that none of us can accomplish in our own strength, only through the grace of God. Have we got the grace of God? If you're a Christian, you do. If you've, got, if you've said yes to Jesus, you've got the life of a Savior inside of you. Let it come out. Don't go a different way. It says, let it bring the best out in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with a supple move of prayer. Wow. I'll be me. Oh, Lord, help me. There, there are... I'm praying for myself in that moment. They have cut me off. They have done this. They have done that. Lord, I'm going to you. Lord, hear my cry. I'm praying. And the Lord in heaven's probably going, oh, when are you going to get it? Let them bring the best out in you. You begin to pray for them. You begin to pray for them because you're to love your enemies. This is what God does. This is what God does. It says, for then you are working out your true selves, your God-created selves. Church, this is an identity issue. Whenever we get squeezed, what comes out is our true identity. Whenever we get squeezed is our true heart. Whenever we get squeezed, what comes out through our mouth is the real us. You can't deny it. You can't. It's just what it is. But when we spend time with the Father, when we know the Son, when we're filled with the Spirit, what comes out? Love. Love. Jesus, I don't think Jesus could have been squeezed any harder. He's beaten. He was bruised. He wanted a drink to give him vinegar. He was walk of shame. He was carrying his own cross. It doesn't get any harder than that. It doesn't get any more pressure than that. It doesn't get any more squeezed than that. And what does he do at the end? Like, love, surrender, surrender in the midst of all of it. Love, perfect love. I'm going to get our worship team to come. Uh, church, I, I want you to think what the Lord is doing here. I want you to think what he's doing on your heart. I don't want you to beat yourself up from before, before you can't do anything about it. But what you can do is today. What you can do is today. Let love fill your heart. Let love attack your heart. Let love come and cleanse your spirit. Let love come and move inside of you. And allow the Lord to move on your heart. And allow the Lord to do what he needs to do. Let me give you a couple more verses and then we're out of here. The, if you looked in, look for it comes out with the same thing. Verse 32. If you love those who love you, what credit is, you, is it to you? If you love those who love you, what credit is to you? Goes on to say in the message, it says, The sun, well, this is what God does. He gives the best, the sun to the warm, and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless if they're good or bad, the nice or the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If all you do is love the lovable, anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run of the mill sinner does that. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Come on, church, the Lord is here. The Lord is here, and he's speaking to our hearts. Daniel, give us the pot, please. The Lord is here, and I want to ask you to stand with me. We're going to pray. We're going to ask the Lord.
John 14 1 says not let your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me see we have a choice to make guys with choice to make as Christians what way do we live our lives what way do we live I want to challenge your heart today there's a lot going on there's a lot of different things happening maybe in you maybe there's a whole lot of different things happening in your world it's too easy to respond like everybody else I've been there maybe you've been there it's too easy pressure Christmas financial issues life things it's just so hard sometimes and the easiest thing in the world is just to be like everybody else sure everybody does this sure everybody does that sure everybody swears sure everybody does I just I'm just saying but the men and women of God something different inside of us because the Spirit of God's inside of us you come into church and you can feel good feel bad but when the Lord gets your heart something begins to happen something begins to happen See, it can be so easy just to say, ah, this person, that person. And we start to speak death instead of life. But the words that we speak are vitally important, even in our workplace, even in our families. You know, the more I've been thinking about life this last few weeks, I've been thinking to myself, it's so easy just to be, even as Christians, like everybody else. Oh, my work's really bad. Oh, my boss's really bad. Oh, my family's really bad. Oh, my life's really bad. But I want to say to you that God is good. God is good. God is good. And we're not here to respond to what we receive. We're here to respond what we already have. The love of God. The goodness of a Savior. Jesus didn't react to every person that came His way. Aren't you so glad with that? Aren't you so glad when, whenever they said, what are you doing with her? Like she's a prostitute. What are you doing with her, Jesus? Are you so glad whenever He stepped out and He spoke to Zacchaeus and everybody else is going, Lord, don't, don't bother with Him. Don't bother with Him. Jesus was like, What? You, you obviously don't know me. I came for the sick. I came for the dying. I came for the broken. When he stepped out and he spoke to this man and that man, and he hung around with this sinner and that sinner, and I'm sure it was all over the news if there was news, and I'm sure it was all over social media if there was social media. I mean, he, he was the worst of the worst. But he didn't come to try to fit in. He didn't come to be accepted. He already knew his acceptance as a son of the living God. Church, I, I just want to say it. I want to tell you that if we're looking to get our acceptance and our appreciation and our thanks from the people around us, it's a path of doom and destruction. And we're going to be the biggest losers out. But if we are putting our hope in Jesus and we are living for a, from our identity in Christ, you're going to find that your life is never the same. You're going to find that your reactions begin to update. And I want to say to you, if the Lord is moving in your heart today and you receive something and you're believing for something, get ready that your reactions will change. Get ready that your language is going to change. Uh, and it's going to be hard at times. Here's how it works. It's like, I want to say, but I know that's not me anymore. I, I want to respond this way, but I know that's not me. Jesus said, when you get squeezed, what comes out? When you get pushed down, go better. When, when, when the pressure gets on and you get condemned, get more loving. Come out with more grace, with more mercy. Come on, the Lord is good. Can we pray together today? First Corinthians 13, yet love never fails. Verse 13, and now these three men, faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Come on, we're going to pray. Lord, I ask you today, Come on, serious moments. I ask you today to search our hearts, Lord. I ask you today to 
to just move through us. I ask you today, Lord, that how do we respond to that question? When the pressure comes on, what comes out? How do we respond to that question? When the pressure goes on, what comes out? Lord, if I live like anybody else, then I might as well be like everybody else. But if I'm to be your son, if I put my trust in you, then I'm to look like my dad. How will people know? The way you love one another. How will people know that you're sons and daughters? The way you love everybody else. If you only love the lovable, what credit is that to you? What good is that to God? How does that help anybody else? Lord, I pray for your wonderful love to encounter each one of our hearts. I pray for your wonderful love to speak to each one of our lives. And I pray today, Lord, what you're doing is something fresh and something new. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, church. We're going to sing. We're going to rejoice. We're going to praise the Lord. We're going to declare that the Lord is good and he's gracious in all that he does. And he's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Come on. Can we sing it together?